0: Welcome to From Everywhere to Everywhere by OMF New Zealand. In our lives, sometimes it can be hard to see how God is working. This is a podcast about His faithfulness, told to you through the lives of people who have been with Him in the depths of the valley and on the heights of the mountaintop. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged by these stories and empowered to live lives surrendered to God, knowing that he can always be trusted. Gilda, I'm Jesse Chang, your host for this episode. Today we're looking at God's faithfulness when it comes to provision, specifically financial provision. As a Christian, and often even more so for someone who works in ministry money can be a tricky thing to navigate. Here are some stories told by OMF workers about trusting God to provide in difficult financial situations. My name is Elaine,
1: and I worked with the OMF in Thailand for 18 years. I was a midwife, and most of my time in Thailand was doing midwifery.
0: Can you tell me about a time um when you really had to trust God to provide for a situation?
1: I would say that when I came home, that's when God, I had to trust God.
0: Interesting, so why why is that?
1: Well I came home with burnout and I needed, I, I, first of all I lived with my sister and five children and I slept on a bed that went under the bed and pulled out for me to sleep every night. And after a few weeks, I decided that that uh, wasn't adequate and that I needed a place for myself. So I prayed and asked God. Now, at the same time, I had a friend who I had met only on the fullo before, and... Uh, and she decided she didn't know anything about missionaries. And when she found out all about what I was doing, she became interested and became a prayer partner. When I came home and I was staying with my sister, I had a letter from her one day that said, she lived in Dunedin, I had a letter from her one day and she said, because you've got burnout, I'm giving you $100 a week for a year so that you don't have to hurry to find a job. So that was absolutely amazing. Wow. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was needing somewhere to stay. So I prayed and asked the Lord to find me somewhere to stay. And I, had, I was working with the young people in my church, uh, young adults in my church, and they prayed as well. Uh, So we prayed for somewhere to stay, uh, to rent. I didn't have very much money, (laughs) Mm. but I had two requests for God. I wanted to be able to see One Tree Hill or the sea.
0: And why is that? (laughs) Because
1: that was just important to me. The sea was important to me because I came from Nelson and the sea was where we spent quite a bit of time. And One Tree Hill since I'd been in Auckland, has always been significant to me. Whenever I've travelled out of Auckland and come back in, the first thing you would see as you came over the bamboo, the, the hill, was well, this is bottom, what's it called, the hill? Bombay Hills? <laughs> Bombay Hills. Yeah. Is that you would see one tree hill. Mm. So it's always been significant to me. So I said to God, you know, to see the sea, or see one tree hill. Within a week, I had the offer of two places. One where I could see the sea, and one where I could see One Tree Hill. And it was as if God laughed and said to me, the choice is yours.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: So I chose One Tree Hill because it was closer to the church, and the church had employed me by now for two days a week mm. to pastor the young adults of the church. So I moved into uh, where I could see One Tree Hill. Lovely Christian couple and they only asked me to pay $30 a week because they felt that their flat underneath their house was for ministry. Mm. I lived with them for well, I lived in that flat for what it been six years. And while I was there, And the husband was building a home for them to retire in in South Auckland. Uh, At the end of, towards the end of six years, the house was finished. And so they said to me, I was quite sad they were going to put their house on the market, so I needed to look for a house. So God's provision was wonderful in that I was friends with a family, with with a husband, worked in a bank, and he was able to go to a real estate company that the bank worked with and I got somebody from that company who looked for places for me. And we looked for lots of places, uh, dozens of them. Then one morning, when I was having my quiet time, God, by the Holy Spirit, prompted me to go and buy a newspaper and look for a different uh, real estate company uh, in the... to rents. So Mm. I did that. How Um, did the Holy Spirit prompt
0: you in that? Did you just have a really strong sense?
1: Well, it's as if the words are given to me. Mm. Um, And so I got the... went up, got the paper and read (coughs) and there was one place being advertised by this so I rang them and the girl on the other end said to me, what are you looking for? I told her and she said, this won't suit you, this one. But this afternoon at two o'clock, I'm going to go to see a house in Onehunga and uh, a unit in Onehunga and if you ring me at three o'clock, I'm going to see it to price it. So at three o'clock, a friend of mine and uh, rang, and she gave us the address, and we came, and we looked at it, and this is it.
0: You're living here now.
1: And I'm living here now. <laughs> and, um, of course, where does the money come from to buy?
0: Because how much was it? How much was it priced? It was uh,
1: 97500 mm-hmm. Uh When I came back from Thailand, I had 1500 <laughs> <laughs> But before I started looking for a house, I'd gone to the government um, state housing and they were giving loans to single women to, to buy their place. And they <clears throat> told me that they, they could let me have $75,000. And um, so I had 75000 They also said uh, they would give me a second mortgage of $12,500 so that put me closer to the price that um as a matter of fact that what they that's what i paid for it what i told you it was mm. 97 and a half they really wanted uh, 110 for it by this time i was also working for a doctor in south auckland so i had two incomes coming in at that moment but they weren't big incomes <laughs> um, because I was only working two days here, two days there. So I was talking to my friend and her husband worked in the bank. We looked at it on the Thursday. There was a funeral of a friend on the Saturday. And so the, the husband of my friend, who was a banker, on Saturday after the funeral came and looked at this place. And he said, buy it. Mm. And he, he went around everywhere and he buy it. <laughs> so it just so happened that this was Christmas so we couldn't do any more until the new year but at the beginning of the year on the 2nd of January we signed on the dotted line and trusted God to bring in the rest of the money that I needed mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and and how did that happen?
1: and it happened by uh, a friend who gave me 10,000 Somebody else who gave me 8000 I mean, it was just absolutely amazing. So that was um, God's provision, and here it is.
0: Hmm. Did you ever have doubt during that season of, you know, not knowing where you are going to live?
1: I was bewildered because I saw so many... Uh, I went around and looked at flats just to rent, and the conditions of them, the price of them, the situations where they were, that was really uh, more of a what's going on here, what what have you really got for me, God.
0: Mm -hmm. And how did you navigate that, you know, when you're saying when you went and saw the situation and it looked really, I don't know, there's a better word for it, I guess, inhospitable. <laughs> it was a hard environment.
1: Well, that was the time that uh, I discovered when I was, I'd was i seen about I suppose 50 mm. places. But then the OMF had had a missionary come back from Japan, and they'd got money from the state. And so that's when I heard about that. Mm. And so I thought, well... Not give it a go. I went to banks. I was single. I was elderly. Uh, I was a woman.
0: Not the criteria that they would normally lend money
1: to. That's right. Mm. So the bank was, going to a bank was, that's why I was busy looking at um, somewhere to flat. Um, but the state had just <laughs> changed what they did. Not very long before, Mm. only months before, they had changed their situation. They usually only gave to married couples, but now they changed and loaned money to singles. Mm. And single women.
0: Mm. How did you deal with kind of that? So, I guess the reason why I'm asking is, you know, for people who might be in a similar situation where they've got all these odds stacked against them and they're dealing with doubt about how is this going to happen what was really helpful for you to remember to trust god and that god is our provider
1: well he's more than our provider he's our father i experienced that from the moment that i became a christian from a non-christian family and And I can see God's hand upon my life from when I was in primary school. Until 18, I became a Christian. And all that time, I've never doubted, I guess, that God was going to look after me. I uh, I can't say I haven't had doubts, but I can only say that when I have doubts, he comes through with very positive signs to show me that he's still there and he still cares. And he hasn 't forsaken me, this is my testimony right there, Ebenezer, hitherto too has the Lord helped me, mm. and that 's the whole thing. If you look back in your life and you see the hand of God here, the hand of God there the, you know you see his loving provision here and his loving provision there, you see him and the activity of him in your life, then you trust him
0: mm. it reminds me of when the Israelites were crossing the Jordan and God stopped stopped the water so they could cross over, um, and then they built that little altar with the stones, right, to remember. And it's important to remember the moments of God's faithfulness in your life so that in your situation further down the track, you can trust him, even though you can't see the outcome of that particular situation.
1: Yeah. And I think any time that... or several times when I've wondered what's going on, I've come back to that verse that Peter said, to whom can we go? For you are the one who has words of life. Mm. Yes, so where, where would I go if I didn't go to God mm. to find my answers?
2: My name's Jeremy Freeman. Uh, I'm married to Deanne Freeman. We've got three rambunctious little girls, and uh, we have been serving in uh, northern Thailand for the last seven years. Okay.
0: And tell me about a time when you experienced God's faithfulness, especially when it came to provision.
2: Cool. So uh, about three years ago, when was COVID?
0: Uh, in 2020.
2: So two years so ago. Yeah, two years ago. Okay.
0: Feels a bit long but you know.
2: Yeah, true. I think three oh, three three and a half years ago was my last pack. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I think uh, for me, the first example or the clearest example of God's uh, faithfulness to us and provision uh, occurred about uh, about two years ago. So uh, we'd been working in a church planting uh, team in Chiang Mai, Thailand um, for a couple of years to this point. Um, and then just then COVID came. Changed everyone's lives. And at that time, uh, we lost our two biggest supporters uh, through COVID-related reasons. One lost his job or whatever. And uh, at the same time, COVID gave us a great opportunity in Chiang Mai to be able to uh, really work and outreach in our local community by giving out food. And with the food, uh, we gave out a lot of tracks, Mm -hmm. like four or five tracks, um, appealing at different members of the family. And we actually uh, organized a fairly big, group of people, about 20 of us, um, would give out the food, would set up big lines, hand out the food to the local members of the community. There were Christians and non-Christians handing out food, we kind of didn't care, but um, everyone was contributing and helping to, to give out the food. And it was, you know, we felt really, really good about what we were doing, if we God was using our connections and our gifts and our location and our situation and the church we're working at uh, to really impact the community and to spread God's word. Uh, but as that started to wind up, we, as I said, we lost our two biggest supporters, and we were sitting at about 60% funding, or maybe a little bit more. And we were starting to think about, what are we going to do next? Uh, it was coming up to the middle of the year, so we've been giving out food for a few months. Um, that's, that ministry started to wind down a little bit as a few things started opening up in Thailand. And we were like, well, what are we going to do next? Right, Our funding is at a critical level, our support's at a critical level, mm-hmm. um, and you know, hey, maybe maybe this is the end of the season. Uh, we still wanted to be there, but, you know, like a, some of our purpose seemed to be um, decreasing a little bit for being there, and the funding seemed to be kind of a clear signal, hey, maybe, maybe God's got other plans for us. Mm. As we were thinking and praying about this, uh, I was presented with an opportunity at a local international school that uh, my two daughters go to. Okay. And I coached basketball there for a few years, um, and, been involved with some of the students who've graduated and helping mentor and talk about their lives and things and had this opportunity I was approached to ask if I would consider substitute teaching um, despite never having any formal teaching qualifications right. um, or experience um, but I was asked if I'd consider teaching for a, for a little while mm-hmm. um, while they waited for the teacher who was meant to be teaching to get into the country mm-hmm. um, and he was having issues with COVID uh, passports and uh, visas and all this sort of stuff. So, so I said yes. Um, and, uh, that was going to help temporarily with our finances. So I said yes. And we kept praying about, you know, what, what a future might look like for us. Uh, and after a couple of months of doing this, um, the school asked me to apply for the full-time job. This other teacher who was meant to be coming in quit without ever making it to Thailand. And they offered, wow. and, yeah, thankfully in hindsight, I guess, <laughs> but he quit and I was kind of in the deep end a little bit, uh, to teach and scramble and get lessons together and things but i felt so good about what i was doing i felt like i was impacting kids lives every day most of my classroom is not christian i think mm-hmm. uh, we got eight out of 40 kids are Christian, so most of this most of the students that i was teaching every day uh weren't christian so i felt and most of them were Thai ties whilst it fit kind of the people group we were targeting and i felt really good about what i was doing i felt god was uh, getting me through a difficult time in terms of doing something I'd never done before mm. and really scrambling to try to get lesson plans together and to teach but I felt uh, I felt really equipped uh, maybe spiritually equipped uh, to be able to do this and so when the t- school asked me to apply I thought sure I'll apply um, and I knew there were some other people applying as well and then if I get off of the job then you know just I can keep going along this path you know I can apply for the job. If the school says, no, we don't want you, we can choose someone else, then cool, that's God closing the door. Right. But if they offer me the job, then well, that's God keeping that door open mm-hmm. and then we can continue to pray about it. So, uh, and then the school ended up offering me the job. Yeah. And at this point I was starting to fall in love with the kids, like really care about these kids. Mm-hmm. And the thought of someone else teaching them was kind of making me sick a little bit. And so I was really excited to be given this opportunity, even though I knew it was gonna be a lot of work, mm-hmm. uh, cause I was gonna have to do a lot of study to get a teaching license and stuff right. in the evening. Yeah. So teach all day lesson plan all afternoon and uh, study all evening and that was kind of my life for a while mm. but but through through this opportunity through being offered this this role this teaching position uh, my my girls were now able to attend the school for free and mm. it was also a paid position uh, which meant that our finances which were in dire straits mm. all of a sudden now were uh, up to being you know close to 100% enabling us to stay in the field so I think you know, to answer your question, I think what, the, what this example has shown me is uh, God's provision to us financially and yes. taking care of our physical needs. But the big thing really for me uh, has been that it's not just these finances or not just the situation that God's improved or God's has been faithful to, but really about um, feeling a real purpose to being there. Mm-hmm. You know, church planning is really hard uh, for most people. You know, it's been something I've been struggling with for a while um and so previously to being a missionary um i'd worked for a large international bank uh, here in auckland which is kind of like working for the devil and so i worked went away from that and started working for god by being a missionary um mostly joking here but it, going from being somewhat successful in a corporate environment to being the worst missionary ever is a really is a really difficult feeling you know and so uh, we were I was exhausted and worn out a little bit about this and bit down about how things were going mm. and this change in my, this big change in my life to become a missionary. So for the first time I really had the strong sense that I was working out my purpose, mm. you know, may, maybe not as cheesy as I was finally doing what I was born to be <laughs> born to be doing. You know, I don't know if it was quite that far, but yeah. I, I felt for the first time I would, I would come home most days and feel like, Hey, I've, I've impacted kids' lives for the better. Mm. I've had a chance to have meaningful conversations about faith and about life and about belief. Um, one of the things we do at school is we do an alpha program. And as I said before, mm. most of the vast, vast majority of students at the school aren't Christian. Right. But we, we, there's a spiritual director on staff, and his responsibility is help. Oh, how's the school going to um, work spiritually in students' lives mm. in a Christian way? And uh, so we have alpha classes aimed at uh, various levels of students, and so I help with the middle school, uh, with the middle school program, and it's just it's just terrific to be able to sit over lunchtime with a lunchtime, some students eating um, bad cafeteria food, and to you know go through this alpha course with them, and it's, and I have opportunities frequently in which I can talk about my faith. You know, there's no restriction on me doing that, so I love the the freedom that I have to talk about my faith and to be able to council students um, with the gospel uh, uh, on a, maybe not daily basis, but very often.
0: Mm. How did you deal with the doubt that you had at the time when it, everything was so unclear?
2: Uh, good question. I think um, fear of shame about giving up, probably, kept me going. Uh, maybe. Well, I
0: guess God used that? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I'd, no, no, not... not not seriously, I think we, we'd we always sort of had this three to five year kind of thing in our head, you know, we'd, we'd said we're going to go over there, we're going to commit to a certain period of time, uh, and that means if times were tough, which they definitely were, especially for me, struggling with language and homesickness and all this, um, and ineffectiveness, probably the biggest of all. So I felt these three things quite strongly. But having a line in the sand or having a sort of a goal helped a lot. Um, that's, so that's from a non-spiritual point of view. Uh, from a spiritual point of view, like, we've given up so much to go and do all this. Like, why has God put this on our heart? And the good thing about having so many examples, historical examples of God's faithfulness to us, through the fundraising, through our health, uh, through uh, the doors that he opened along this long journey to going on to the mission field, mm-hmm. so the great thing about having these in the past is that you can reflect on them. And sometimes, you know, there are a few Terry phone calls back home or to mentors or to friends or whatever, um, in which they encourage us and help, or help encourage me and help pick me up. But having these strong examples to look back on, it's like, well, you know, we're not here because we didn't just choose to be here. There's, you it know, God. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't an accident, yeah. And, and having examples of God opening doors along the way mm-hmm. um, is really helpful during these tough times.
0: And so what did you learn about God in, in that season?
2: Uh, maybe kind of what you're saying before, like nothing, nothing's an accident, mm-hmm. right? There's no coincidences, um, you know, there's no mistakes mm-hmm. made by God. Everything that had happened up to this point had been things to get us to this point, right? And if God had, you know, if God had opened so many doors and so many things had happened in our lives to bring us to where we were, uh, you know we sort of have to honor that by persevering even when it's hard some like some examples would just be the people who are in our lives so if I think back to uh, some you know some of our supporters financial or prayer or otherwise you know the, the way that God brought them in our lives some of the just massive like bumping into people who then become really good friends who then can provide you you know support and encouragement along the way um, so yeah I think I think reflecting on a Reflecting on it, something I learned a lot about God's character or about who God is, is that yeah, things don't happen by accident.
0: And do you feel like, you know, you had to go through all that struggle and it be so dark for you to really appreciate the door when it finally opened.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I I would agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The mindset I'd approach what I'm doing or the teaching, the way I'd the way I'd uh, reflect on that if. Would just gone over for me to teach um, and I've gone straight into it um, versus having to go through a struggle and then this door seemingly randomly kind of opening. And part of me is like, why do we never think of this before? Yeah I don't, I don't kick myself, but I do reflect back on that a little bit, but um, I do feel like the struggle beforehand definitely gives me a much greater appreciation for for you know the faithfulness of God, mm. the patience of God as well, the patience that he has to wait for me to get to the to being able to do this um and i wonder a little bit about you know why you know why did it take so long but i mean it would never have happened if it wasn't for covid Mm. and you know i probably wasn't in the position a year or two beforehand to be able to do that either and probably maybe wouldn't have even considered it Mm. like we definitely never considered it as a proactive thing but if, well, if that approached you, me yeah, to years, you yeah. already had the
0: funding right you didn't, you didn't need the finance
2: so then because yeah. I do struggle a little bit with like oh did I just give up on being a missionary right because mm-hmm. I'm not you know studying language you know 20 hours a week and, and sermon or small group lesson planning for 10 hours a week mm-hmm. and um, doing those sorts of uh, things even though we do still have a you know home church and all this sort of stuff but um, but yeah I, I think to take the job when I was, were fully funded or close to fully funded, uh, I may have struggled a lot more with that than Whereas right now, it's quite clear if, if I hadn't taken the job, would be home full time. Mm. And the job, the job like so perfectly fills that need for us. Um, that it's, it's, it's just too perfect. Mm. Like it's, it's a total God thing, yeah. you know, it like, we didn't go looking for it. It fills the need perfectly. It allows us to stay in the field. Um, Yeah, it's kind of amazing, kind of blows my mind a little bit.
0: This episode of From Everywhere To Everywhere was brought to you by OMF New Zealand. Our vision is to see God's people from Aotearoa engaged in mission among East Asia's billions. If any of the stories today resonated with you, or you'd like to find out more about OMF New Zealand, please visit our website omf.org forward slash nz we're also on instagram and facebook and we'd love to
1: hear from you